Hello, my name is Desiree Shaw, and I'm a psychotherapist. I vlog and I podcast about mental health. I have a particular interest in men's mental health. I practice at the privacy, um, um, privately. It's so weird saying that now, considering that I haven't seen my office in um, over two and a half weeks. As we settle into the um, lockdown due to the um, current climate of COVID-19. There's so much to say and so much which is just difficult to comprehend. I've been a psychotherapist for nearly 10 years now. And I've um, worked mainly in counselling and CBT, creating change. And I support my clients to reduce their anxieties. My focus is um, anxiety and depression and behaviours, particularly OCD and health anxiety. And in all my life, you know, supporting people to get past their fears, supporting people with their confidence and building them towards feeling better, doing better for themselves... The one thing I have relied on is um, decatastrophizing, deawfulizing, and exploiting the extreme worst, what would be the absolute worst thing that could happen, and decatastrophize from there. And um, I find myself in a situation where I'm speaking to people I'm now practicing online via Skype or Zoom or whatever supports the needs. Um, and I'm saying, what's the worst that could happen? And the worst that could happen is we get into contact with this virus and this virus is here. How do you decatastrophize from that? How, how do you come down from that? How, how do you focus positively, healthily? You know, what, what concept do you create for yourself? And I'm saying this thinking... So how do I work this now? How do I support people now? And I recognised within myself I had to support myself dealing with my own health anxieties because I've managed to successfully support myself with my asthma and um, it not actually be a problem. And then all of a sudden we've got this killer disease which goes straight for the lungs and it's a very real thing and it's, and it's happening and fatalities are are happening and the world has come to a complete standstill so what do we do what is the move to move forward this is a massive thing that's happening right here and i say this question i question myself i question myself with this because in order for me to help others i have to be authentic and open and honest with me and what i am doing so that I'm not just feeding people lines of CBT jargon and behavioural change jargon. I mean it. If I don't mean it and I don't believe it myself, I can't speak it. It's impossible. And this is when I decided I was going to do this podcast today. Because the authenticity of accepting what's happening and being authentic with myself is is playing out in what I'm doing on a daily basis. I have never been in a situation where I've been locked down. Not unless I've been a bit 
sickly or poorly, I've got the flu or I've got a tummy bug and I stay at home for a couple of days. I remember recently, or well, not recently, in the maybe early January, I caught the flu and I was denying that I had the flu to myself and trying to get to work and feeling absolutely awful and having a fever and then having to come home and just be wiped out for a week. It took me three weeks to get over that flu. I've, I've never had a flu for that long before in my life. And that was quite frustrating, knowing that the plans I had for the weekend, I couldn't go out because I was ill. Whereas now, three months later, after the event, after that, I'm now being told by the Prime Minister I can't leave. I'm on the vulnerable list, you know, the risk, at risk, not the vulnerable list, the at risk. And how do you cope with that? How do you cope when you're inside and you can't go outside? How do you cope when you're not in your ideal living conditions? And that's a bit difficult. Well, I mean, how, how, do, how do we cope? And the interesting thing is this. We just do, don't we? We just cope. We just deal with it. We go into survival mode and we deal with it. I found myself just dealing with it. I'm not too fast about not going out now. I I like the idea of being able to go outside and walk with my to do my exercise as we're allowed to. I've turned my garden into a bit of an assortment course. I've got a few extra exercise equipment so I'm not missing the gym. Still keeping my body moving and I'm finding that I am actually adapting. And that's quite amazing actually because we recognise as as human beings we, we do adapt to negative situations. We can adapt to negative situations. We can cope. We can find within the confines of what would support us in order to um, get us through to the next part. The only problem is here, it's the uncertainty of knowing how long and watching the news and listening to the conversations that people have about when this thing is going to stop. When is when are we going to be allowed out? When are we going to allow to go back out to the pubs and sit in coffee shops and go to the cinema and walk around and meet our friends and go shopping and eat in restaurants? When are we going to be able to go back to life like that? But then we've realised that actually we can adapt and be at home. I found myself thinking, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? How am I going to get my nails done? You know, what am I going to do? What's going to happen? And actually figuring it out for myself. I didn't do the best job, but I didn't do the worst job. Working out that actually, being in this lockdown, you know, you're not spending as much because you're not doing as much. I mean, Amazon, they do hear from me more than they would normally. But um, you start to recognise that you're in control of what you're doing right now. Even though you're being controlled to stay inside, you can actually control what you're doing when you're inside. Because that's up to you how you do it. The uncertainty is always there. The truth is, we're never certain of anything. We just think we're certain of it. <laughs> we, we, just, we, we just think we're certain. We think we're certain of our jobs. We, we, we think we're certain of, of our homes. We, we think we're certain of the life we're living. 
but we're not and we're now being placed to actually open up to the uncertainty. It's opening up to the uncertainty and tolerating the discomfort that it is so uncertain that no amount of questioning or discussing or trying to order what is happening is going to give you the certainty that you're looking for. And certainty is um, is the drive, uncertainty, sorry, uncertainty is the driver of, of anxiety because you're just not certain. Working online and doing Skype clients on a massive scale as opposed to the one-off is also quite an interesting, an interesting place as well. You know, it's like waking up in the morning and you're going to work and what does that entail? Well, for me, going to work is waking up and using my climbing machine and doing some stretches on my yoga mat, doing some yoga poses and doing some stepper steps and, you know, then getting into the bathroom and having a shower and getting ready and actually getting dressed so I can go back into the living room and sit in front of a computer. You know, it's weird. Oh, oh don't forget the coffee. I get to make it myself. I don't go into that really nice kiosk in Pinner. Um, right by right in the station. He's brilliant, makes the best coffee ever. I, I miss him so much. It's only two quid as well, much cheaper than where I would normally go. Really nice coffee. I suggest if you live in the Pinner area, you get to the kiosk as soon as all of this is over and you get yourself a nice coffee. But that's going to be a while. So before that happens, it's about getting into your kitchen and making a coffee yourself. <laughs> and then you recognise, ah, I make really bad coffee. <laughs> Gosh, my coffee's disgusting. I've got to work out how to do this properly. And then you figure out, oh, don't put like four big heap teaspoons. Oh, you just need that. Oh, I get it. Then you work out how you can save coffee because you're putting too much in there. <sighs> so then I work out how to make a, a decent enough cup of coffee. And then I sit back in front of my computer and I go to work. And then I have a bit of a break and I realise I can actually cook dinner and sit back down at the computer. I can get the hoover out. It's like, wow, this is really strange. I'm at work, but I'm at home. I mean, this is like weird. It's adapting to it. I didn't really give that kind of concept an idea or thought. You know, people work from home a lot, but working from home indefinitely is a different kettle of fish as opposed to working at home on the on on a Monday or on a Wednesday doing it five days a week seven days a week it's quite a strange thing to to fathom and it's uncertain as to how long it's going to last and it feels strange my OCD clients health anxiety the fear the unknown not knowing what to do not knowing how to cope. OCD is not is not a comfortable. Um, it's not it's it's not a comfortable mental health state to be in. People get it confused with just tidying up, but it's not. It's about rituals, and it's about trying to keep yourself as safe as you possibly can away from the danger that is perceived to be in the future and is super ambiguous and now we have an absolute threat we know what the threat is 
And the ambiguity is how close are you to that threat? So you could just imagine Skyping an OCD client right now. This is probably their absolute worst nightmare and they're seeking, they're seeking certainty. So many of those panic buyers, how many of them had OCD and were seeking certainty and now feel guilty? Because they bought too much toilet roll, <laughs> they bought too much hand sanitizer, but all they want is certainty. And this is when I say, I say to my clients, I say to them, and including myself, there is no such thing as having any kind of certainty for the future. All we can actually do is prepare as best as we can for what it is that we want to happen in the future. That's what we do on a daily basis when we go to work and we we purchase things and we build things we're we're aiming to work for the future to be as comfortable for us and safe for us as possible but still there is absolutely no certainty there's none and this situation has brought us to the reckoning of that we now know that so what i say to them is this is an uncomfortable there's no amount of me saying to you it's not going to happen or just do this and it's going to be okay, it's going to soothe you. What is actually going to get you to recognise that you can get through this is tolerating the discomfort of knowing that you have no control over the future, but you do have control of what's going on right now in your present moment. And your present moment is what absolutely counts. And this is when we are now having to be mindful, actively mindful about everything we do. So our behaviour has changed. Our behaviour has taken a complete different transformation. We are so aware of washing our hands. It's the most simplest of things. And it sounds absolutely terrible. Wash your hands. You mean you don't wash your hands? But we're so aware of washing our hands. We're so aware that, you know, we've really got to wash our hands. It's really important for us to wash our hands. Because if you don't wash your hands, you could have it on your hands. So you could wash your hands. And that can go one of two ways. You either mindfully wash your hands at appropriate times, often. Or you excessively wash your hands. And you do it with so much vigour that you probably have very little skin left on your hands. One of my go-to mindfulness behaviours is uh, is moisturising my hands and I have a thing about moisturising my hands. Also during the session it keeps me focused as well because I like the procedure of um, cleansing my hands. I actually enjoy it. I don't overly wash my hands but I do like to keep them clean anyway. And um, while I was, <laughs> feels like saying when I was in my office at the Priory, I was known to be that therapist who would actively clean the banisters and the door handles and the light switches and the and the <laughs> taps. <laughs> and the admin staff would always kind of laugh at me because I would. I'd always wipe down the um, handles, the armrests of the, chair, the seats in, in, in my room. Not because I had OCD, this would happen once a day, not throughout the day, just once a day. Or if I noticed somebody had a cold, 
I would do this. Because for me, it was me taking care of my clients that would come through the door and myself. I'd do it at home. It was um, a natural process for me. And it was a way of me being kind to the people that came into the room. Not for fear that something bad was going to happen. I was just very aware everybody touches things and differently. We get into contact with things differently. <laughs> and when the whole COVID-19 situation happened, you know, I extended my room cleansing to the hallway cleansing and <laughs> cleansing other therapist rooms <laughs> and going upstairs and, you know, wiping down the seats in the waiting area and then the door handles and then the key punch pad. Because I'm very aware of, oh my gosh, you know, just becoming mindful about everything that we touch and recognising that, wow, you know, there's a lot that goes on that we um, take for granted or we don't notice. And yes, where do you where do you stop from one end of the spectrum of actually being completely relaxed about it and the other end, which is being completely ritualistic about it? Well, ultimately, we accept that there are a certain amount of germs that are going to happen every, anyway, which is why I don't clean every hour. It's just once when I get in, you know, at the end, then I, I know I'm, it's, it's done. But there's no certainty that after doing it, that something isn't going to happen. It's accepting that in that moment in time when it has been done, it's been done. And that's all you can actually do at that point. Because trying to make sure that the absolute worst doesn't happen is actually going to um, trigger you to have so much anxiety, drive you absolutely insane. So right now, we're very mindful. We're mindful of ourselves and we're mindful of each other. And for some, that is actually really putting us in the most trickiest situation ever. And for others, we might be getting... We might be tolerating the discomfort. And that is really the trick of dealing with this situation, is tolerating the discomfort. It's recognising that you're in charge of what you think about. So if you stay in the right now rather than the future, and you know that right now, I am at home, right now, I can, I'm in control of this environment, I'm going to go and work, and I'm going to wipe my keyboard down, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, right now, this is what I'm going to do, rather than what's going to happen next month, what's going to happen at Easter, what's going to happen What's going to happen in summer? You're going to absolutely find yourself in the most uncomfortable place because you're taking yourself away from right now. So the whole point of this podcast is accepting the discomfort and working through what you have access to at this moment in time. We know it's uncomfortable and we know we don't like it. We know we want life to go back to normal, but what is normal? I mean, we've come, <laughs> once we've got to a place of recognising that washing your hands is super important, do we come out of COVID-19 and go back to our non-hand-washing activity days? <laughs> what do we do? What do we do? Do we, like, do we, do we, do we do that? Or are we now more conscious? So is our hand washing going to become more lax? Are we going to reduce the amount of cleaning that we do? Because COVID-19 would have 
they would have found a cure and they would have got rid of it and now we don't have to worry. Or are we going to continue? Or are we going to be mindful of where we put our hands and how we interact with each other? One of the things, one of my, many of my clients missing is touch. And many of them find that they can't touch another person so difficult. Whereas I do have clients who are so happy that they don't get to touch another person and it's allowed. <laughs> and it's like working within that, you know. One of, one of, the, one of the things I, I found with this COVID-19, which it, it, it worked for me, I'm not really one for the two kisses on the cheeks and the hugs and stuff. That never appealed to me. I never liked it. I never enjoyed it. If I hug a person, it's genuinely because I really missed you and I hug you and I haven't probably seen you for a really long time. Unless it's my mum. I'm giving her a hug. Or my husband. But other than that, I'm not really wanting to hug and kiss everyone. And um, I remember having this friend who would force the two ply kisses on you and I used to absolutely hate it and I'd have to say please don't I don't like it and I have to keep it keep explaining and I became this weird person whereas um in COVID-19 it's brilliant (laughs) don't touch me it's great (laughs) because it's just not that you want everybody to do that so there are areas in this where you where you can actually say actually I'm really pleased about that and there is when you think oh kind of miss that it's quite interesting how we um how we can adapt so we can adapt we really can adapt i'm using the title adapted (laughs) martin thomas paying homage on my um on my podcast here it's got a really good blog called adapted and we we do adapt we're adapting right now. This is something that we are adapting to. And um, it's it's happening. Absolutely happening. And what's so interesting is you get to realise that there are things around your home that you ended up being able to enhance due to the fact that you are at home. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's not as bad as we um, perceive it to be once you live in the right now of the moment. Now... I'm not putting to side that there are people actually dying and there are families that have lost loved ones because that's the other side that we haven't actually been privy to yet because we haven't had any names. We, we're, we're putting numbers on the list. We're not putting names. And once we start having names and people, we start recognising the velocity of this. We're seeing hospitals, we're seeing NHS doctors, but... There's one side, and I think if we did see that side, I wonder what that would do for our morale. And it's possibly it would probably put us in more of a negative state. So we might not need to see that at this particular moment in order to continue with being right now. Because if we did see those names, we may be put in a place in a position where we're seeing the perceived threat as being imminent. So right now we're seeing numbers, so we know it's real, but we don't have any names and faces yet, which allows us to be right now. And being right now is what we need in order to get through this pandemic. And it just sounds ludicrous that I'm saying the words pandemic, because this is what it is, isn't it? 
So thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I'm, it's taken me a while to actually put one out there because I was um, getting into the swing of things. I was adapting to this lifestyle. And now I feel that I've got some kind of scope of having a daily routine. I'm ready to start picking things up and moving on with how we do things. So I will be re, um, putting out the other videos I've done for Tortured Superhero and Relationship SOS. They will be coming out again in the next couple of weeks. I won't be able to see the crew for a while, but we do have some footage on um, on hold at the moment. But thank you for listening. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you, um, if you have any questions, please feel free to ask and if you um want some support through this, if you want to contact me, if you want to know how to um manage through this time, I can help and I'm quite happy to. I will put my details in the description box so you can find a direct link on how you can contact me. Thank you for listening. Um, maybe you'll get through this mindfully, aware of ourselves and aware of each other in the most productive, healthiest way possible. My name is Desiree Shaw, and I'm on a mission to change the world one thought at a time and make therapy accessible. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now.